Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We've got two great champions here at the breakfast table, Brian Benstock and Michelle McLean, who are both helping you become the best version of yourself. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Good morning, champions. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. (laughs) Michelle is finally, finally on the mend. It has been an awful past couple of weeks struggling with allergies from wildfire smoke and just the whole gamut and array of that nonsense. So um, my heart goes out to anyone that has been uh, dealing with this roller coaster as I have. So I don't know if Brian has jumped in the room just yet, uh, but you know, Brielle, you said something this morning that is so on topic and on point with what we're going to be talking about this morning, and you were talking about fueling your body with nourishment, right? And I believe really and truly at my core that anyone has the power to rewrite their story if they decide and then ultimately take action. And for me, my biggest struggle in life, I've always struggled you know, with confidence, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And over the course of the last nine months, since November 3rd of 2020, I have managed to drop 136 pounds, and I have done that through a program of diet and exercise with a focus on keto and intermittent fasting. And a lot of the times I get questions from people that ask you know, specifics of how I did it, the foods that I was eating. And I have a lot of people that will come to me and they say, hey, you know, I, I have a struggle with sugar addiction or I just can't give up my favorite foods. And so today what I really wanted to do, it is finish line Friday, I wanted to give you guys seven food swaps for a keto-friendly diet. If you're somebody that has decided that you want to take control of your health, I think the most important thing that we can do when it comes to a diet is to create something that we can sustain long-term. And a lot of times you'll see, you know, fads that'll be coming your way or supplements, pills, waist trainers, all of these things get thrown at us every single day in social media, especially if you've been Googling it, right? I mean, there's nothing creepier to me than that. But I, I think that it's important that you have something sustainable. And there's a lot of question around whether or not a low carb, which is essentially what keto is, um, diet is sustainable. And, you know, I think it's really hard sometimes, again, to give up the foods that we love. I totally get it. But when you learn to eat clean and nutritious food and you have that low-carb lifestyle, it can be a great strategy not only to help you lose the weight, but additionally, by finding these swaps and playing with different recipes that work for you, I really believe that, yes, you can create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle change through a low-carb diet. And so that's what we want to talk about today. I'm also going to be giving away a freebie um, at the end of this. If you click on my face, you can join my VIP text club for free. have an infographic uh, that's going to go through a bunch of different food swaps for you. I'm going to focus on like the top seven ones that people struggle with today. Uh, But if you click on that, join my free text club, we'll make sure that we get that out to you afterwards. So super excited to jump in on this this morning. Brielle, I hope you have your pen handy. I know this is something... Uh, that you've kind of been endeavoring on. How's it going for you? You know what? No one ever asked me that. Actually, only one person has asked 
and me that, but it's actually going really well since I really like honed in and make it, made a decision a couple weeks back. I am 15 and a half pounds down. So no one has asked me yet for an update. So I wasn't going to really pop out, you know, with it until it's as significant as your 150. No, how many? What? 130? 130, 136.1. But it's I mean, 136. Up and down like five pounds every week. No. Mine is, mine is slight compared to your milestones, right? So um, I'm definitely proud of it. Definitely just uh, staying consistent with it, really uh, sticking to the regimen that I, that I created um, for myself. And um, I think I talked about this before. For me, it was accountability. It was aligning myself with um, people who that, that was their focus, right? I, I have a lot of friends who are really into fitness and working out, et cetera. And I realized that I'm not being a good representation of such a close friend if I wasn't tapping into that lifestyle. So I tapped in and it's going really well. Thanks, Michelle, for asking. Well, I am so incredibly proud of you. And if I can give you one small piece of advice, because this is something that really helped me on my journey through this, it's I would document your journey. Because what's crazy what happens is when you start to see those results, Brielle, especially like in the difference in your face and in the photos and things like that, it's amazing how it will trigger something in your brain to just keep you pushing and keep you pushing and keep you pushing. I tend to stay away from the scales. I, I When I first started this journey, I was like OCD, right? I was on the scale every single morning. I would empty my bladder and it was like run, beeline to the scale. I had to see like, did I lose 2.2 pounds this morning, right? And for me, I thought that was more of a setback than anything. And so I ditched that mentality. I only weigh myself now usually once a week on Fridays. Um, but if you start documenting it, when you start seeing those results in your photos, they say normally that it takes about four weeks for you to see results and other people to notice an eight. But do that because I promise, just start taking those progress photos. When you start seeing that difference, it's amazing what it will do for your confidence and your mentality. So just a little tip that I have that might work for you as well. Yeah, that's so good. Brian, first of all, just to let you know, Brian just hopped in the room, so I'm on him. But in addition, yes, that that's really what it was because for me, the the catalyst was not, you know, gaining weight. I I was aware that I was gaining it, and then all of a sudden I was up a few clothes, a few quite a few clothing sizes. Um, and for those of you who don't know, this is like since February, I gained a significant amount of weight this year. Um, but for me, the catalyst was other people, like, hey, what's going on? And so when other people noticed, that's when I was like, okay, let me be more authentic with myself. And so now when others are noticing that I'm dropping it, you're right, it is. There's something in um, the actual reflection and seeing those progress points. It's way more valuable than the scale. Thanks, Michelle. Hi, Brian. Good morning, Brian. How are you, my friend? Maybe, maybe he's in the tunnel. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm unmuting. Oh, I was unmuting. Hey, uh, no, I've, I've been listening, and I, you know, I think progress is great, and I, I think that's really what, uh, such a, a tenant of life is growth. And you know, how how do you tell? You know, you, nothing matters till it's measured. And uh, you know, I, I photographs are a great way to measure it. I think that's one of the purposes of seventy five hard, right? Is uh, to 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 get you, force you to 
take take off your clothes, get in some shorts, and take a look at what's going on. And you know that's always the most important thing is what's reality. And uh, those pictures uh, make it difficult to hide uh, reality. Uh, Michelle, something you said that's uh, and uh, Brielle says also very important. You got to be patient. Uh, you know, you gained the weight one ounce at a time, and you're going to lose it one ounce or one gram at a time, and you're really not going to notice uh, a couple of grams either way. So you got to be patient with yourself. And I think that's, you know, I always say the only people that have patience are doctors. I certainly don't have patience, but you've got to have patience and, and take the time uh, to, to understand this is a journey. And that, that you know, especially for, for those of us, if we're drinking a lot of water, you may be losing weight, but you, you know, depending on when you weigh yourself, you may have a lot of water in you. Women may have immenses and that you know, throws things off. So you've got to, you know, understand that there's no straight line from one one point to another. It's going to be sort of a up, down, up, down, up, down, but hopefully in a, uh, in a good direction. And I think that's really the, the way anything works in life is progress. There's no straight path to success. It's, it's failure, 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 failure. And then all of a sudden it, it happens. And I think for me, when, when I've, try to lose weight, there are sticking points, sticking points, sticking points, and all of a sudden, a pretty good leap in progress, and then sticking points, sticking points, and then a pretty good leap, and those sticking points, uh, I think it's sometimes a challenge there to get you to, to stay with it, and uh, the more you stay with it through those spots, so all of a sudden, you start to see the progress. A hundred percent. You cannot manage what you can't measure. And again, for me, measuring wasn't just about the scale. It was my energy levels. It was how my clothes were fitting. And, you know, like, like you said, Brian, that documenting of it was so powerful for me, not just in seeing the results, but in, in seeing the amount of people who were being impacted by the journey. I, I felt like people were saying, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. And to lose an entire human through diet and exercise in nine months it has entirely changed my life. It has changed but caution, my but caution, ca caution, caution, though. I mean, as much as the, uh, the accolades from others are important, you know, for me, any real change has got to be the change that I'm doing for myself. You know, it's because if, we, if we're going to start uh, needing the approval of other people, and don't get me wrong, I love when someone gives me a like or says, hey, way to go, or did you do this, or wow, you look fit or whatever that you know they're going to say I, and I certainly love that but that deeper growth has got to be that internal mission that drives you you know and, and maybe it's you know hey I've got a, a seven-year-old daughter and you know I want to be I want to see her children and I want to make sure that I'm there to see her children so it's, I, I'm not doing this to be faster than anybody else or stronger we're on the subject of health and you know for men uh, one of the clear signs of aging for men is lack of flexibility and uh, lack of muscle mass. And both of those things can be uh, counteracted by stretching and having some resistance training. And muscle mass, I'm not talking about being a bodybuilder. I'm not talking about being able to bench press a certain amount, but I'm saying that you continually are putting uh, resistance, uh, progressive resistance against your major muscle groups and keeping them firm and, and, and get that blood flowing. And the flexibility, and I suck at flexibility, and I've paid a dear price for it. Uh, but getting better uh, day by day at that flexibility because then that flexibility gets the blood to the arteries, to the veins, brings the nutrients, the oxygen, takes away the waste uh, there, and you, you don't end up with that hunchback uh, that, that many people get just from from the body just tightening and tightening and tightening uh, from from not uh, not stretching out. Well, you hit the nail on the head that that internal why 
have to be your driving force. And, you know, for me, part of my why was being able to make an impact on the lives of others. And I didn't feel like I could step out into who I really desired to be into my own purpose and be able to make that impact. Because on one end, you know, I was, I was preaching to choirs and saying, you know, this is how you get results. But then on the other side of that, I wasn't getting those results myself because I wasn't being diligent. And from that aspect of my life, everything else was in place. But from that, that comfortability factor of being in my own skin, I lacked a lot of confidence. And so for me, a lot of that was my driving force. But you are so, so, so right. That internal why has to be the driving force behind anything that we do in life. 100%. And, and, and Michelle, many of the people on, on this stage and in this audience are leaders of their respective households, their respective businesses, uh, their respective jobs, and they, they lead other people. And I, I think... You know, it's very difficult to be talking to people about discipline and activities and routines and processes and procedures, uh, and and for the person who's doing that to be wildly out of control, either with drugs, alcohol, weight, uh, gambling, sex addictions, you know, all these things that you know you, you lack the uh, uh, the credibility, uh, the moral compass to to lead others, and that doesn't mean that somebody who's overweight can't uh, can't be a good sales manager, a good team leader, uh, but but the, but there is something there saying, hey, wait a second, if you're so smart, why aren't you able to, you know? And, and it, it does take away from it. And it may not be fair, and life's not fair, but you know, somebody who, who's a hundred pounds overweight telling you how you should live your life, uh, even if it's not about weight, it's about other things, can find that their audience is not quite there. And, and again, you know. Uh, God judges you by the inside. Everybody else judges you by what's on the outside, whether that's fair or not. That tends to be how it is. And I think more importantly, not to be negative, but more importantly, isn't it great to be fully rounded, uh, to be to have the fitness, the health, the vibrancy, the energy, the understanding of the, the subject matter, the business that you're in, the profession that you're in. You know, to, you know I, I think it's possible for us to have it all. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, that's sort of the message that I've been preaching to, to people for some time now. Uh, yes, you can. Yes, we can. And you, you can have it all. And whatever the difficulties are you have in life, I found everybody I meet has had some major setback or more in, in their life. And that seems to be a common thing. It's just what do people do with it? Does it you know, keep you down or is it something you use to propel you? And that's, um, that's I guess, based on how you've trained yourself and the people that you have around you in your life have trained you to be. But those setbacks, you know, really nothing more than opportunities in disguises. And, and look at look at you. You've lost 130 pounds. And, man, I would challenge you so hard to channel that now into, you know, what can't you do? What can't you do? And, and I thought for me, the first time I ran a marathon, after I got that done, I thought, man, I'm unstoppable. What If I can do that, and that sucked, and that was tough, and I never thought, I'm not a runner. If I could do that, what can't I do? And so I would encourage you, and any of us who've had these victories in one area, that you know that that can be transmuted into some other area in your life to to cause you to be able to do something spectacular. So you know, I would ask Michelle, why did you lose the 130 pounds? Is it to lose? To, is it simply to motivate other people, or is it to really unlock something that we've not yet seen from you? I, you know, I think the potential for you to do just about anything you want to do is there, and you've proven it by losing. You know, an incredible, incredible amount of uh, weight. I think that's pretty fantastic.
you know, I love that you said that, you know, there's an old saying that says those that can't do teach. And I, I am a firm, not a firm believer that that is, that is so backwards. I really believe that if you're going to teach that you have to do. And, and like you said, that's exactly that internal message that I have for myself these days, being able to come out of, of my shell, being able to emerge as the confident human being that I was always on the inside wanting to be, and now being able to transform the outside to match that has been life altering. And I do, I have that mentality now that, that says to myself, hey, what can't you do? Like if there, there is nothing, if you can do this, no matter what you set your sights on, if you decide and then you take action, you can do anything that you put your mind to, you know, and I'm in the mid process of a scale. Um, I, I just signed a, a multi-million dollar partnership yesterday uh, with, with a company um, that's going to be powering my client retention program. I'm super excited. I can't wait to announce that. But, you know, so many things have fallen into place because now I am a much more confident person in every aspect of my life. And it started with the weight loss. It started with making that decision. It started with that dedication. And now it has spun off into every single area and facet of my life. And it, it's just, this, this journey has been incredible. It by no means has not been without challenge. You know, like you said, we all know somebody uh, that has that has had to rise from the ashes, so to speak, and overcome. And I so, really believe. So, so why do you go to college? Why do people go to college? What's the purpose? To of learn. To learn how to learn. No, not Correct. to learn. To learn how to learn. And why do they make you take these stupid courses that you think have nothing to do with life or your life? Uh, I think it's for you, discipline. That's oh, exactly it's what it's for. You can't be just learning the things you want to learn. So they make you take Latin. What? What's the last time you used e pluribus unum? You know, not not too you know not too often. But they, they make you take these things and you're learning how to learn. You're learning the basics of uh, getting a basic understanding of subject matter and then getting that as a foundation and. And so what you did is the same thing. You've learned how to control, manipulate, maneuver, transform your body. And, and, and to, to, to mold the body, you first have to learn how to mold the mind. And you learned how to mold your mind. There is nothing in your freaking life you're going to do that's more epic or important than that. Because once you can control your mind, your discipline, you can control everything. And if you can't control that, you can control nothing. And so that, to me, is the, you know, the Rubik's Cube that you've just unlocked. And I would hope that you do something epic like that and you just don't leave it sitting there on the shelf. You don't run a marathon, get the medal, and say, did that, done, and lose the lesson that the marathon taught you. You don't, you don't become a millionaire like I did when I was younger, and I hit that magic mark, I'm a millionaire, and then two hours later, I wasn't because I hadn't learned the lesson of the journey. I hadn't learned the, the discipline that, that came along with that. I got there and thought, okay, this is it. Now I'm in this club and I can stay in the club forever. No, you could be out of the club in 10 minutes. And, and it was you know, the second go around that I realized, whoa, you know, the, the purpose of becoming a millionaire is not for the million, but for the person you have to become in order to get there, the purpose of losing 130 pounds is not the 130 pounds, you're still the same, Michelle, but for the person that you had to become when you did that, the things that you had to do without, the things you had to learn, the, the ability to say, no, not today, Michelle, we're not going to have that drink today. No, 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 we're not going to do that. Uh, and no, 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 that cake, the, nope, I don't like that cake anymore. I'm going to have a celery stick. And I know the celery stick sucks when you pretend it tastes like pizza. 
and, and, and you're learning to mold your mind. And, you know, and you did that in that really fantastic uh, way. And so it, it's, it's a pleasure to share the stage with somebody who's accomplished so much as a good baseline to take that to something else. And you look at a lot of successful people, they're, they're successful in multiple verticals. And it's not because they're so smart, because they've learned how to learn. They've learned how to, so, so I did this in the car business. Now I'm going to do this in financial services. Now I'm going to do this in fitness. I'm going to do, and, and you look at Ali Iacocca. You know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting and speaking with him before he passed away many, many years ago. And you realize he knew just more about any subject. He was just, he could go from running Chrysler to running Boeing to, and Boeing's a good example. The guy who ran uh, uh, Malawi, uh, who ran Boeing, went and took over the Ford Motor Corporation. He said, what the hell do airplanes have to do with uh, automobiles? And But it was incredibly successful in, in both endeavors. Uh, it's that learning how to learn. And no better way to teach yourself than by doing what you do. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And, you know, the mechanism of your mind is the most powerful weapon that you have. It really is about making that mindset shift. And, and until you're able to master your mind, it's very difficult to be able to master every other thing that you want to do. So you are completely uh, in, you're completely accurate on that. It, it's just, it's so very, very important. And it, it literally just, it comes down to a decision. I, you know, there, you know, it's, it's an old saying, but you know, we talk about addiction and things like that. You have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was at my lowest of low points and I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I said, okay, enough's enough. We have to make a change. And for me, that change started by looking at myself in the mirror, doing a self audit and saying, okay, these are the things that I'm not happy with. Now, what are we going to do? What action steps are we going to take to change them? And, um, you know, that's, that's where it started. So I'm super excited to be able to share these things this morning. Like I said, if, if you are somebody that has been kind of on this diet roller coaster, and I will say this over and over again, it is very much a roller coaster. I documented my progress and looking at my results, it was up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And, you know, it's in the discipline of doing that routine of being consistent that you actually get the results. It's not something that's instantaneous. It's not going to happen overnight. And I don't care if it's a weight loss journey that you're on or if you're trying to launch a business, whatever it is that you're setting your sights on and creating the goals for, it's going to take time. It is not an instant result. You do that. That patience aspect is so incredibly important. But again, today I'm going to be focusing on high carb ingredients. Uh, that you can swap with low-carb swaps that have worked for me. I will, again, always, anytime I talk about health and fitness, I do give the disclaimer, I am by no means a health and fitness expert or a doctor. Uh, these are simply things that worked for me in my journey. So I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Again, um, I have put an infographic together that I can send out to you. Join my VIP text club by clicking on my profile picture. We'll get that out to you today. Um, but these are the food swaps that I have used that have helped to transform my life and my body. Um, and again, this, this doesn't work for everyone. This is just what worked for me. So I'm going to hop on into these and then I want to make some time, 15, 20 minutes here at the end to answer any questions from our audience or moderators. If you are endeavoring to start your own fitness or weight loss journey, I am more than happy to try and at least give some tips and advice, things that have worked for myself as well as Brian Benstock. Um, and uh, we'll do that at the end here. So jumping in to number one, again, we are talking about seven food swaps for a keto-friendly diet. Keto is just a fancy word for low carb. I will also pre uh, predecess this by saying that I also do intermittent fasting, which is just a fancy term, in my opinion, for skipping breakfast. 
Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about intermittent fasting and how that works, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'd be happy well, to give you some tips on that too. Keto also refers, I think, to ketosis, right? And that's where it does. You switch, yes, you switch the switch inside your body, where it's now um, eating fat for energy instead of uh, carbohydrates, and that, that's. I, that uh, the, the process of getting to ketosis would be uh, a starvation or reduction in the carbohydrate in, intake, where the body then switches to get energy to feed your brain, uh, switches to eating eating fat, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, 100%. And typically ketosis can be attained uh, by in consuming less than 30 grams of carbs per day, um, I try to stick to about 15. It fluctuates. Oh, I always, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do carb cycle too. So I, I will a put bowl that out of special, there. A bowl of special K is 22 or something. It is. Like that yes. So a piece you... of bread is like 35 grams uh -huh. of carbs. So it, it definitely comes down to discipline. And again, you know, you have to on any diet plan, like I said at the beginning, it has to be something that's sustainable. And for a lot of people, starving their body completely of carbs is not something that's sustainable there was a friend of mine um i think that that's a picture i can't remember her name and she went on this uh keto diet and i saw her at a, at a honda meeting on let's say in january i didn't see her till june i saw her in, in june and she looked um allison allison she looked amazing and what the hell happened she goes I just one thing. I just changed one thing. I said, what the hell was it? New boyfriend. New... No, no, no. I just got rid of carbs. And, and what a transformation this woman had just by getting rid of carbs. I mean, it, she was somebody, you know, nice person, but I, you wouldn't give a second look to her. And all of a sudden, she was completely different. And, 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 and it wasn't the way she looked. It wasn't that she was, she was thinner for sure. It wasn't that. She's walking different. She's dressing differently. She's her shoulders are back, her chest is out, her smile is there. She's large and in charge. And what a transformation just uh, uh, getting rid of uh, carbohydrates. And, I, man, I love carbohydrates. I live on carbohydrates. And I find and found that very, very difficult. But it can make all the difference in the world. It really can. And I feel that at my core, the walking different, the shoulders back, the dressing different. I mean, all of those things have come into play now in, in my own journey. And so I feel that at every single level. And guys, carbohydrates are essentially just a, another word for sugar. That's a, that's pretty much what happens. Carbs are, are basically turned into sugar and it's you're another filling your word, body. It's another word for heroin. It's, yeah, pretty and, much. And, and heroin addictions <laughs> and sugar addictions share more in common than you'd like to believe. And it's probably, if you had to, you could probably give up heroin easier than you could give up sugar. I have no personal knowledge of that, by the way, but that's, that's what I hear. It has a very similar reaction in the brain, uh, the, what it does, and very, very similar to what uh, cocaine does to the brain. It's that addictive, and, and I think it's that destructive, too. Hey, guys, as a resident publicist on this stage, we did all hear Brian Benstock say he is not speaking from experience. He is just <laughs> speaking out of uh, yeah, no, that's not my bag, you know, I mean, I, yeah, and yeah. if it was, if I was a retired, I'd say, hey, man, I did it, no, that's not my bag, yeah, but it is, it's hot, sugar is highly addictive, you know, and whether that's wine or it's bread, I'm a bread, I'm a bread freak, I just love bread, and, you know, it's like one bad habit leads into the others, have a glass of wine, have a piece of bread, next thing I know, two glasses of wine, it's dessert, oh my God, 
there it is, that, that, that sugar. And I went to a nutritionist years ago, and I said, I crave carbs. And he looked at me and says, cut the shit. You don't crave carbs. You just got no, no discipline. And it's like, bam. And I love that doctor. My wife hated him because, you know, he, she, that's not, she doesn't re- respond well to that kind of uh, uh, communication. And I, uh, I respond very well to that kind of communication. If someone can be direct, I don't get butt hurt. It's like, okay, guy just called me out. You know, the one thing that, that all addictions share in common is that that addictive brain, it, it's because you're getting a dopamine hit, right? It, it's releasing things on your brain receptors that says, hey, I like this feeling. And you could literally get addicted to anything, whether you're talking about heroin, which I have, you know, I have experience in dealing with people. I have a lot of friends, God rest their souls. I've lost friends from that. Uh, my late husband, you know, at, at the end of his life before he, you know, took it, um, I, I started figuring out that he had struggled with that as well for a very long time. And the signs and symptoms aren't always there, but that really is what triggers that addictive brain. It's again, it's, it's getting that rush. It's getting that dopamine and, and you can get it from various different things. Uh, but sugar is a very real struggle and very real addiction. And that's why it's number one on my list for swaps. I will say this. I've never really craved sugar necessarily. Um, I did crave the wine. That was, that was something that, you know, I, I went through. That was how I got through my night at the end of the night. It was just, it was normal. I'd have a glass of wine or two. Okay. So what's in wine? Sugar. What (laughs) alcohol? When it, when it ferments, it becomes, you know, the sugar becomes alcohol. That's why. And, And, you know, it's, it's, learning how to deal with that and 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 i i think that's the the reason that we can pack on the pounds is because the sugar is hidden and everything and we got all these different names for fructose and fructose and it's all the same stuff it's it's sugar because i'm gonna i'm gonna touch base on that reading your labels is extraordinarily important that's one thing that i've had to really learn to adapt to through my journey but I will say this, once your body adjusts to like a low carb style diet, um, you do actually have fewer cravings for sweets. I, I at this point in my journey, I, I don't have any cravings um, like I did at the beginning. Uh, for me, pasta and potatoes were really big and I'm gonna jump into those swaps. But as far as an actual sugar swap goes, right? What can you do? Um, if you're a coffee drinker like me, um, I, I love my Starbucks, I love my Frappuccinos. Um, one thing that I really learned how to do is I started adapting myself to like sugar-free creamers, like the French vanilla, things like that. Um, those are not by any means great for you either. Somebody's got a hot mic. One of my mods yeah, checked I'll out. Yeah, I'll find it. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so a couple of things. So if you're looking to actually just swap like a refined sugar, stevia and monk fruit are actually natural sweeteners. Uh, they have zero calories and they don't cause blood sugar spikes. And that's something that's really important. And that's why I said reading your labels is imperative because a lot of times these, you know, low calorie sweeteners that you see on the shelves, they actually um, contain things like dextrose or maltodextrin. And those actually raise your blood sugar. So even though you think that you're making a healthy swap by using these low calorie sweeteners, if they have either of those ingredients, those are literally just fancier names for a sugar swap, right? What you need to focus on when you're trying to swap out your sugars, if you are going to use any kind of a sweetener, make sure that it's a natural sweetener. Like I said, monk fruit, 
uh, and, and they make those in various different forms. Monk fruit is something that you can easily swap with. It doesn't cause that blood sugar spike. Um, but with everything, you know, the better that you can do with just diminishing your sugar intake, even if you can't completely swap it out, that's one thing that's really important. I think that everything in moderation is okay. It's when you're overindulging on a regular basis or you sit down and you go, I'm going to have one cookie and it turns into a whole pack of Oreos, right? That's where you start finding that you're overindulging and that's where you're going to start packing on those pounds and calories. It's perfectly okay every once in a while if you want to have your ice cream or you want to have you know, a piece of a cake at a party or you want to have that glass of wine. It's when you start doing it in large quantity consumption on a regular basis that it has the detrimental it has the detrimental effect on your mind, on your body, on everything. So, like I said, if you're struggling with a sugar addiction, try to start cutting it down. Try to start being cognizant of of your daily intake, tracking that. Again, we say what you can't man you can't manage what you don't measure. Really be cognizant of that and start looking at the labels of the things that you're consuming. Like I said, again, dextrose, maltodextrin, those things, those are still sugar. So if you're seeing those on your low-calorie sweeteners or thinking that you're replacing your sugar, you're really doing your body an injustice. So that is number one. So like I said, I'm going to go through these kind of quickly because I really do want to open this up to audience questions. Uh, number two, this was my, my thorn in my side, pasta. <laughs> I love pasta. Like, if you ask me what my favorite restaurant is in the world, I'm going to say Italian. I love pasta. I love bread. I love potatoes. I love pizza. I love all of those things. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. Uh, pasta was definitely one of the hardest things that I had to give up. So what can you swap pasta with? I have learned um, and started buying on a regular basis. This is my biggest swap. Um, I buy what are called shirataki noodles. They've also been rebranded as Wonder Noodles. Um, they're actually made from a contact plant, and they contain next to zero calories or carbs. And what's beautiful about them is that they will actually take on the flavor of your sauces or any foods that you mix them with. Now, I will give you a precursor to this. They are in a, they come in a bag, and they're packaging. When you first get them out, the liquid that they are preserved in. Um, it's got kind of a funky smell to it. So you have to be able to get past that and you have to wash them thoroughly to make sure that you get all of that, you know, slimy stuff that they're packaged in off. But once you've done that, it's actually a, a really good swap uh, for pasta. It's got the same consistency of pasta. Again, it will take on the flavor of your sauces or any foods that you're mixing it with. I love Wonder Noodles. You can actually get them from Thrive Market for less than $3. So they're a very inexpensive item. Not going to break your budget. Uh, that would be my number one swap for pasta. If you are that person that you really need to be able to trick your palate uh, into that swap and make your body think you're still consuming the pasta, Wonder Noodles are my number one go-to. Other kind of things that you can swap for pasta, things like vegetable noodles. We call them zoodles also, which are just a fancy way of saying uh, it's like julienned um, or using, you know, a pasta shaver, a pasta machine uh, from zucchini. Um, you can also swap things like rutabagas, turnips, cucumbers, spaghetti squash uh, is also another fantastic alternative and eggplant. All of those have a similar um, consistency to pasta. You can mix them, like I said, with your favorite dishes, anything that you would normally use, whether it's a pasta side or a main pasta dish. Um, all of those are fantastic. But again, I would highly encourage anyone that has a pasta fetish like I did uh, to swap them for the shirataki, aka Wonder Noodles. 
Um, like I said, they're they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my friend Tony are gonna have some wonder noodles tonight. Good lord. Brian, Brian, ben's back. Uh, it sounds awful. It sounds awful. You know what? I and I'm supposed to be helping thing. you here, but I can't. I'm picturing sitting down to a nice plate of wonder noodles. No, no. Well, Brian Benstock, you know what? I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a few variations of Wonder and, and, and this is to yourself. You o- you open it up, and the uh, the sort of the preservatives kind of funk. You, you, you lost me there, you know. You lost me. I'm out. But you know, here's you know, the thing. Eyes... Today, if you're look, if you're someone that loves pasta, and this is the the thing I'm talking about this morning, is a lot of people struggle. They're like, man, I can't give up my pasta. But if you're able to create recipes to almost trick your palate into believe that you're still eating those foods. And then they have no carbs, and then they have no calories. They have the same consistency of pasta. You don't have that that weird taste or anything once you've rinsed them. I'm telling you, I was I was a skeptic. I was a big skeptic. I've spent the last nine months literally creating recipes to trick my own brain and my own palate and say, oh, I am eating pasta. And they taste just like pasta. I, you would not know the difference. Hey, you know what, Michelle? The reason why this segment is so amazing to me, and I literally, like, live for it, is because you guys are so different. And I'm in the middle. I'm, like, writing this down. Like, yes, Michelle, we're going to do pasta. But I'm with Brian in the... And then Ben Stock says, F that. It no. Sounds I, like, I, so I'd rather run off. five miles and have the pasta. But, See, but that's, you, you started uh, off with me. It's, it's that balance, right? I'm right in between. I was grossed out by having to rinse it, but I got past it when you told me that it will eat up, like, the consistency of my sauce. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I can rinse it. I can do like Michelle. Let's go. It, it really yeah. does. Like I said, I mean, you're talking about the biggest skeptic in the world here. I, I was so like my pasta and potatoes and bread i'm like i literally had like a cry session i'm like i can't give this stuff up i love it like i would eat pasta three four days a week and and i'm from cincinnati ohio so any of my fellow cincinnatians if you know about skyline chili you want to talk about obsessed i was obsessed with my forays my pasta with chili and cheese like that is like my go-to quick meal i have i have it sent from cincinnati (laughs) so i get it I struggled with all of these things, and I literally, I had to set out to find these swaps and make sure that they would be consistent for me. And I'm telling you, like I said, it, don't knock it till you try it, because literally, and what's cool about Wonder Noodles, too, um, they come in fettuccine variation, they come in spaghetti, they come in angel hair pasta, and they also come in, in our number three swap, which is a rice. So, you know, you really, it's, it's a versatile item that if you like pastas, if you like rice, these are things that will help you to eliminate those carbs and those calories without sacrificing, you know, the taste of things that you love. And hey, for Michelle. me, that was essential. Yes, ma'am. Michelle, Who's that? This is Liza. I would like Hi, Liza. to ask a question that um, possibly both of you could comment on. I totally get all the swaps and I have to admit I'm not a big potato and pasta eater. I've cut that out long ago, but where my biggest challenges and I watched Brian on Instagram always out to eat at these fancy restaurants. How do we have these swaps and this discipline when you're going out to these restaurants, Brian, and they're putting the nice bread in front of you and you've got multiple courses and then they bring out you the dessert. You eat it. You eat it. <laughs> so how do you balance that? And is it just an extra five miles? No, the, the, bread, the bread I've had to eliminate. You know, for the most part I do. Uh, and in the restaurants, I mean, you go, you know, I go to the same five or six places. They have a, a chicken pie that's fantastic, flavored with the light uh, mustard sauce. That's fine. Like tuna tartare, that works all day long. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe in putting yourself in prison. 
and making dieting hell where you can't go out because you don't have the discipline to eat. You find places uh, to go and you find things on the menu that are within the guidelines. And, and, and I'm low carb. The, the notion of going no carb, I just, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, if you want to lose the weight quickly, no carb is certainly the way to do it. But, you know, most restaurants today have something that's highly enjoyable and fits within the guidelines of not to do that. And, and even if you go to an Italian restaurant, you've got life, you've got incredible discipline, you shredded wheat. And so you've got this beat. And I, I, I would venture to guess you don't miss any time going out to a nice restaurant and it, 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 you're uh, no worse off for it. Mile run, and you know you sit there and you, there's someone puts a box of uh, Dunkin' Donuts munchkins in front of you. You realize if you eat three of those, you got to run three miles, and you say, "Well, I'll pass." It's kind of an easy, easy trade-off there. All right, so I'm going to give you the flip side of this, Liza, and I'm going to tell you what worked for me. So number one, Perfect. planning planning was always essential for me. Um, what's beautiful today is, you know, because of the FDA regulations and things like that, almost all of your restaurants, um, they're going to show on the menu, you know, the nutritional elements of that. And most of those places have their, their menus online. So what I would do is before I would go to a restaurant, I would actually look at the menu. I would break down, you know, from my macro and I would pre-plan and I still do this even on holidays. I do this. So when my family's doing, you know, the big Thanksgiving dinner, I actually would look at what we were making and I would I would measure out my portions and say, okay, this is what I can eat. This is how much I can have of this so that I stay within my macros for the day. So planning is definitely something that helps. So if you look at the restaurant menu ahead of time, you can get an idea of what they have. You can see the nutritional values and you can plan around that. Another thing that helped me tremendously uh, before I would go to a restaurant, I would I would finish off my water, right? So if you drink a, you know, a, gla a large glass of water before you go to a restaurant or even before you eat any meal, um, that for me helped to reduce you know, the amount of food that I wanted to intake. It helped me to fill up a little bit faster and it helped me to reduce those portions so that I wasn't overindulging. The worst thing that you can do, in my opinion, is go to a restaurant or go to the grocery store and you're starving, right? When your body is, is feeling that, like, you know, the, those stomach pains, like, oh, my goodness, I haven't eaten all day, we have a tendency to overindulge. And the same thing with the grocery store. You're starving. It's a lot quicker to go and pick up those foods that, you you know, you're getting those sweet or salty cravings. Um, so those are just two things that worked for me. But, again, it's all about balance, right? You don't have to give up every food that you like. If you're eating, you know, a portion of pasta one time a week, that's a totally different ball game than somebody like me who would eat pasta for pretty much every meal if I could because I love pasta so much. So again, it's, it's all about that balance. And, and when you find that balance and you're able to do a little bit of planning, track your macros, track the calorie intake, track the carb intake, and, and be able to really portion out what you're eating, that portion control is essential. So I hope that answers your question and helps you. I hey. love both perspectives. Hey, hey, Liza, could I jump in here for a second? Steven. Um, I just thank you. Thank you. Or sorry, Michelle. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anyone's followed my Instagram lately, but I posted my first topless photo in my life on, on social media last week when I was in Mexico at the age of 54. <laughs> and that's because I've sort of over the year, I've been training for 40 years, including the army and, you know, all the sports that I played, American football, and all, all that kind of stuff. 
but I never had that shredded body, right? I, I always had that layer of fat. I'm one of those guys that are in the gym, they're 50 years old. Yeah, you look, good. you look good, Stephen, man. You look thank you, good. thank you, thank you, thank you. And I found a way that I could disrupt my body's um, operating system. And what I do is now, and it's amazing what's working for me, is I will do one week keto, then I'll do the next week carb cycling, then I'll do the next week paleo, then I'll do the next week carb loading, and then I'll go back to, to uh, keto. And what happens is every single week your body's like, what the hell are you doing? You know? And so it's like pulling fat for energy, and then it's dumping carbs for energy. And, then it's, and what I also see is in the gym, uh, my energy goes up and down, obviously, because when I have more carbs, I have more energy. Uh, but that allows me to have a cheat day every couple days. And again, uh, I think Brian was saying it, it's, a, it's an easy trade-off. You know, I mean, after a while, uh, you're just like, I don't need that. You know, I, don't, I, I know I don't feel good. And one of the other reasons, Eliza, was I had I have you know a lot of chronic pain, uh, back pain, knees, you know, arthritis, all this kind of stuff from the military, from the tanks, from the war, uh, you know, joint problems and things. And almost all of that is gone just through the clean diet. And what I mean by clean, and it's really difficult in America, is hormone-free, right? Not just organic, but hormone-free meats. That it, for me was massive. I have a twin brother who just had open heart surgery about three months ago. Uh, and he's 300 pounds. I'm 215. And he eats all this meat and everything. And he can't understand why he's not losing weight. And I said, because of the preservatives, additives, and the hormones in the meat. So I live in Europe, as you know. And everything that's in those meats in America is illegal here. The preservatives in America, most of them are, are illegal here, at least in Hungary. And for instance, McDonald's has 11 ingredients in their french fries in America. Here they have four ingredients. Not that I would eat McDonald's french fries, and I do occasionally, maybe once every quarter, just a few fries with my kids. But what I'm trying to say is it's, it doesn't have to be um, – oh, she, she, she took off, huh? Okay, well, I guess she left. Um, anyway, for anybody that's listening, I, it doesn't have to be difficult. You don't have to be um, all crazy. Uh, if you know what it is that you want to do and you, like uh, Michelle said, plan it out, it's easy. And then you get used to it. That, that discipline becomes a habit. The habit becomes a routine. The routine becomes your lifestyle. And I'm, you know, I think I think Brian's living living proof of that. I mean, you're older than me, I think, not not by much, but I think you're older than me, and you look freaking fantastic, brother. We yeah, were definitely listening. Yes, and you know, to that topic of the of the beef, something that I learned from Miku, uh, doing her take back your health challenge, is that it, you should be focusing on eating grass fed, grass finished. Um, beef or meats, and and that's something that honestly I didn't even know. I, I always, you know, had this idea that like organic is better, right? If it's not grass fed and grass finished, it can be really bad for you because, like Stephen said, it's pumped full of those hormones. And you know, getting into that habit of of eating the grass fed, grass finished meats if you're going to eat them, um, it's it's a fantastic way of of getting your body to adapt to something and not having all those crappy hormones in your body. So exactly, and and just real quick, Michelle, that grass fed. Um, the, the key about that is, is finding out if the grass that they fed from has pesticides on it, if you really want to get into it. Right? Correct. So, 100%. <laughs> so you got to yep. go, so you gotta go, like, uh, my brother lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so there's the Amish, and, you know, they have free, the beef is just 100% organic, grass-fed, grass everything, and there's no pesticides or anything. So if you can find those local farmers that actually do that, and there are, they all are, are all over America, you just got to watch out about the soil if there was dumping going on there or whatever. So yeah, it's, um, 
it, it comes out to be a science, doesn't it? You know, you end up sort of tweaking here and tweaking there. It does. Here, I like, became a science yeah. experiment for nine months. And <laughs> yeah, I started exactly. buying, you know, like I said, the grass-fed, grass-finished Wagyu. It's, it's really high in monounsaturated fats. They're really healthy, good fats for you. And that's another thing that it's really important to understand, whether you're doing keto or any diet, you know, some of the oils and the things that we use, and, and that's on my list too. But, you know, looking at, at those healthy fats versus the garbage, and um, yeah, so I, I love that you said that. I'm going to quickly run through the rest of these because I, we have about 10 minutes left. And then again, I want to open this up. If anybody wants to add to this, anything that works for them. I see Monica on stage. I know she's probably chomping at the bit on this. Uh, but Michelle, okay. where, do the, where do the Fruit Loops fall in? Fruit Loops and Fruity Pebbles. Fruit Loops is That's number, not, number no. five on my list. Fruit Loops, Glenn, really is quickly. a fruit. It's a fruit. It's yes. a fruit. <laughs> let, me, right. let me just tell you, on the Benstock diet, wine is uh, derived from grapes. Again, that's good. No problem. You know, you, you've got to right. have a diet right. that makes sense, and that makes perfect sense to me. I can justify that. You guys are cracking me up. Listen <laughs> to me. There's resveratrol, which is a life-enhancing nutrient in wine. Now, uh, the fact that you have to drink two bottles a day to get the right amount of resveratrol, we should just leave aside. It's, there's a right. lot of health benefits there. Uh, pasta, tomato sauce. <laughs> I mean, where does pasta come from? Grains, very good for you. Uh, tomato sauce. Tomatoes, got to be good for you. So, and, and on that and, note, and that's disclaimer, what, listen to everything Brian Benstock just said. If you're trying to be a keto-friendly person, and throw it out the window. Well, <laughs> honestly, Brian... Brian's, Brian's um, being, uh, you know, joking, but what he's actually saying is, um, in my opinion, and, and most people do this without knowing it, is that he's dictating to his, his brain and his body what's good for him. And to a degree, you can actually dictate your health, the shape of your body and your weight by the belief that you have. If you wake up feeling chubby or fat every day, you're going to stay chubby and fat. If you wake up feeling thin and lean, you're going to get leaner and thinner. It's just, it's just the way it is because the 95%, 95% of our reality on the outside is due to our subconscious, not to our conscious like everyone thinks it is. So if we know we can train our subconscious with these conscious thoughts, next thing you know, we're actually getting results. Mindset's everything. But to Glenn's point, um, like I said, let me get through these real quick. So number three, rice. Rice swap. Cauliflower rice is an extremely versatile keto ingredient. Uh, you can also rice other vegetables like broccoli. Uh, again, they take on the flavor of your dishes. You can get things like that from Thrive Market. I'm a big Thrive advocate. Uh, I am not by any means paid for them, but I do buy most of my food from Thrive. Uh, potatoes can be swapped with cauliflower, rutabaga, turnips, and radishes. All of those can be roasted, mashed, or boiled. Uh, you can also air fry things like zucchini, eggplant, or mushrooms to make crispy snacks like potato chips. Number five, cereals. This is for Glenn. Things like cereal, cornflakes, granola, even oatmeals uh, can be easily replaced with assorted nuts and seeds. So one thing that I do a lot of, um, Glenn, is flaked coconut, coconut chips. Uh, I do slivers of almonds, chia seeds, and hemp seeds. Those are some of the best low-carb options that you can replace with. You can also replace cereals with like a full-fat Greek yogurt or unsweetened almond milk and berries. You have to be really careful with the fruits. You know, as much as Brian said fruits and wine and that makes it good for you, a lot of your fruits are really high in natural sugars. So you have to be careful because a lot of them contain those. Um, there's also a whole slow, like whole slew. Thrive Market carries keto-friendly uh, cereals, keto-friendly granolas. Um, so they've kind of taken the guesswork out of that for you. If you are a cereal person like Mr. Lundy, um, I think, Glenn, they actually make keto Fruit Loops at 
Thrive. So you might want to check out Thrive Market because they do make a lot of those really awesome keto swaps. Um, they also do keto breads, which again, that's a really big thing. I love my bread. I love my wraps. I love my tortillas. Like I, I'm like, that was the big thing for me. Breads, pastas. It was, it was hard for me. Uh, but white flour and bread replacements, you can replace your flours if you want to make like your own breads. And the flours are really important. White flour is like a refined and it's horrible for you. So you can replace that with things like nut or coconut flour. I personally use almond flour for almost everything, uh, but you can use coconut flour, you can use flax meal. Um, and then in place of crusts, you can also, if you like pizza, I love pizza, you can make keto pizzas. So you can either buy a pre-made keto pizza crust or a keto pizza mix. Um, a lot of stores carry those. Uh, but a couple of swaps that I've done, I found out about pork rinds uh, from uh, the beautiful Me Too Laos. Uh, so you can grind up pork rinds and you can use those with like an egg base. You can also use Parmesan, Parmesan cheese as like a base for a pizza crust. Um, but check your labels on those keto breads and pizza crusts for additives. Like Stephen was just saying, the additives can kick your diet. Uh, but you can replace things like sandwich bread, buns, and wraps with lettuce, chard, or collard leaves. Um, those are also swaps that I've done. I will still enjoy a nice hamburger from time to time, but instead of the bun, I'll do a lettuce wrap. So... Um, that works. And then finally, number seven, oils. Um, and me can hit on this hardcore uh, in her Take Back Your Health Challenge. Uh, if you are looking to get on a, like a gut reset program, she is amazing. I highly encourage that you, you know, follow her. Niku is fantastic. Uh, but to oils, vegetable oils and seed oils, throw them out of your cabinets now, today. Margarine as well. All of these contain cancer-causing agents. So even if you're not doing a low-carb or a keto diet, the vegetable and seed oils and the margarine are horrible for you. They're detrimental to your health beyond the carbs. Uh, use saturated fats for cooking, so like real whole butter and monounsaturated fats for cold use. Um, you can use ghee. Oils that are high in heart-healthy monounsaturated fats like um, EBOOs, that's your extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, and hazelnut oil are all best. Coconut oil is also great when it's heated, but you want to avoid and throw away all of the vegetable and seed oils. If you take anything away from this today, this was ingrained in my brain by Niku a couple of weeks ago about how bad they were for you. Um, you might as well just smoke a whole pack of cigarettes if you're using vegetable oils and seed oils because they're that bad for you. Um, so those are just seven swaps. Like I said, if you click on my face, you follow my text club. Um, I do have this all put together in a fancy infographic. Uh, Glenn, I'm more than happy to send that over to you. It'll show you other swaps for your cereals. Um, but we got about five minutes left. Um, I would love Monica to chime in on this because Monica, I know you are, are super in that delicious, by the way. What did you say, Glenn? All, all of that just it sounds rather delicious, by the way. I'm just going <laughs> to Believe it or Gr not. I'm, I'm just, I, just, I, just grind up your pork rinds and use those keto proofing. So where... That's the hardest middle part for me is the I want to be able to enjoy my food. I want to enjoy it. I want it to be All right, I'm going to send you a good. discount code for Thrive, and I'm going to send you all of the links for your keto Fruit Loops and stuff. I promise you, they will. you won't know the difference, and they are amazing. I, could, I was literally, I was terrified, Glenn. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I am not giving up my favorite foods. And as I've grown through this journey and I've created my own recipes and swaps, like some of them, if you're in the 75 Hard BWC group, I've posted a lot of my recipes and my food photos. And 
you would be amazed at how amazing a lot of these foods are and it's healthy for you. I mean, and they're really good. Like I've created my own chicken parm. I've, I've created all of my favorite dishes by swapping out with some of these recipes and my body and palate really doesn't know the difference. You can still have that indulgence without having all of the gross and carbs and, and oils that are bad for your body. So if you need any tips, I'm happy to try to help at least with what worked for me and I'll send that to you too. Thanks. I appreciate that. And yes. I have gotten so better, but I'm joking and I'm, I'm joking so much. Try the keto for loops. They're really not bad. And I'm not a big cereal person. I like granola. Granola was my vice um, when I did do breakfast and they have a keto granola too. So like there's a lot of stuff out there if you do some research, I promise. Oh, man, oh, man, oh. And I, and you do feel the difference once, once you start to eat you do. better and then you start Tremendously. To eat. The bloat goes away and I, I, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, really incredible. Sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. We got about two minutes. Hey, Monica, go ahead. I would love for you to chime in on this. Good morning, champions. I hope you can hear me. Um, too, I love your Ready Fitness segment. And what I will say myth about fitness is that it's about getting fit it's really about the person that it requires for you to get fit and who you have to become to be that person. the second thing i will say is that seed oils are indeed the devil thank you so much for bringing that up that's so important and it's so under educated people are so undereducated about it your body has no use for seed oils none so they become part of your cellular membranes and they begin to degrade Oh, no, we lost Monica. Hopefully she comes back. But, yeah, she is spot on with that. Literally, like I said, if you guys take one and one thing only away from this segment today, throw out your vegetable and seed oils. Get out, get rid of them in your cabinet. Get rid of your margarine. It, it literally, like she said, like it literally attacks your body from a cellular level. And it's they're filled with carcinogens. There have been numerous documented reports. You can go and do your own research. This isn't something that I just came up with off the top of my tongue. Um throw that garbage away because it's really, really bad for you. Get rid of those okay. things. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, no, I no, think you're I, fine. I, Go ahead. I got kicked off. Um, the last thing about restaurants is that when you eat in a restaurant, you've got to begin to get comfortable asking a lot of questions. you got to be like Sally and when Harry met Sally and ask, what is the broccoli cooked in? Will, it, will they use real butter? Because if the answer is no, the answer is no. We're not doing that. Stuff like that. I order. I order plain meat. I order plain fish, grilled. That's it. And and you, you. The thing about doing that is, you have to be committed to your future self. It's and that's the hard part. It's like, does my future self want me to have this bread, or does my future self want to be healthy? Because that's really where the rubber meets the road. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. And and that mental game, like Brian was talking about, is is really the one that lets you win the physical game. But then the interesting thing is the physical game helps the mental game. So it's a really beautiful cycle and a beautiful um, uh, a, a beautiful spiral, upward spiral to put yourself on. I will tell you that this epic transformation um, that I have created in my life has done things I could have never, never imagined possible. Never. And it sounds weird to say that just changing your body, but you can't change your body in a dramatic way without changing your mind as well. So I'm so loving this topic. And I love um, that you have asked me to speak. This is Monica in the turquoise circle and I'm complete for now. My cousin laying, laying down the law, man. It was pretty awesome. I, I don't know. I don't, Michelle, I don't know if you know, but Monica and I are cousins. 
I had no idea and now I do. <laughs> and that would make perfect sense. You guys are both superhumans and uh, we're super excited every day, every Monday and Friday to be able to share this with you and to share this stage with all of you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.